0: Well, good evening. Wow, you guys are a great looking bunch. <laughs> it's so good to be here, and I'm really excited about what God has for you tonight. If you see me looking down, I'm just following what the Lord was given to me in the hotel because I don't want to get off track, and that's real easy for me to do. I take a lot of little side journeys. And... Um, But even though I I feel a pull in a different direction tonight, if you came with sickness or disease in your body, you can leave without it. Amen? Amen. If you came with a broken heart, you can leave with it whole. If you came with an addiction, you can leave without one. Amen? Amen? Because, see, something really um, amazing happens when you just talk about Jesus in heaven. I don't even have to come down there and lay hands on you. Because when you talk about Jesus in heaven, heaven comes here. Heaven shows up. And angels come. And and they're here. You know? And... um, the anointing and the power and the love of God can just move through this place in his glory without whatever it is that you walked in the door with even being mentioned. Because he knows what it is. Amen. Amen. So I, I, I want us to do something kind of different. And I, I talked to um, Pastor Mark about it um, before. And... I, um, I want us to yield to however God. I want you to yield to however God's moving in your life tonight as he moves. And what I mean by that is, is, is uh, you know, we don't need marathons around the church unless that's the way he moves. But um, in other words, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you feel a warmth start to go over your body... You raise your hands and you take that. You take it. If the Holy Spirit starts to, to move on your life and in your heart about something, you can uh, get out of your seat and kneel right there on the floor. You can um, come down here and get on your face if you need to. Is that okay? Yes. I, I want you to yield as he moves because he's going to do a lot of that. Amen? Amen. 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 And there's... Um, what's, what's so wonderful to me about Jesus is that he's, he's everything to everyone. And it doesn't have to be um, an evangelistic service only. It doesn't have to be a healing service only. It doesn't have to be a meeting just for the church. It can be all of it all at the same time. And I really believe that that's what He wants to do. And so, um, if you want everything, everything that He has for you tonight, yield to Him. Immediately. Yield to Him. If you have to get Down on your knees at your chair, whatever that means. If you start, if you're in a wheelchair or you're, um, you know, you've got something wrong with your legs and the anointing starts to move on your body, then you get up and start walking back here in the back. Amen? So, and and, and everybody just keep looking up here while they do that. Okay? Praise God. Um, you know, um, one of the reasons why I want to encourage you to do that is in, and I hope I'm not uh, jumping the gun here, but, um, somebody could need a, a new body part and an angel brings it in the room. Hey, you know, when an angel brings a body part for somebody, there's usually some spiritual surgery, you know, supernatural surgery that has to take place, you know? So you might have to be laid out on the floor. That's okay, right? So in other words, we just don't want to put him in a box. Amen? And we'll know if you're following the Holy Ghost because he doesn't interrupt himself. <laughs> right? It just goes real smooth and sweet and precious, just like He is, Amen. Um. Normally, when I share my testimony, I go into really great detail um, about when I found out and and my my the whole walk of faith and. Everything that I went through and that he walked me through from the time that I found out um, that I had stage four cancer um, to the time that uh, of my divine appointment with him. And um, but tonight, for some reason, I don't feel like going into all that. Um, so, another reason to get a CD because <laughs> that's all out there, okay. Um, so, real briefly, I'm just going to kind of lay a foundation and go from there. Um, they had found cancer um, of the uterus, and they had actually scheduled a surgery um, to take it out. And uh, but they found some things in in the blood work and stuff that kind of concerned them, so they wanted to take some more tests and stuff. And so, um, when they did. The doctor called me and asked me to come in. And um, basically the, the cancer had also spread to my liver and then it had gone into my bloodstream. And um, when it gets into your bloodstream, there's really nothing they can do. And so I sat there and I um, listened to him basically tell me that I was going to dwindle away to my death. Um, he gave me information on hospice and, and, you know, all the different things they do. And I needed to wear a mask and all this kind of stuff. And everybody around the house is going to have to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, long story short, if you want the rest of that story, you have to go get one of the CDs. <laughs> They gave me six months, and um, for six months, it kept getting worse, and I just kept standing on the word, but he, he did something, and I don't want to go into detail about it, but he, it is important for me to just mention it to you. Um. You know, I was quoting the Word of God. I had it on a CD where you play it over and over again, you know. And I also had it typed out on a piece of paper. And I was pacing back and forth in my office just, you know, quoting the Word, and quoting the Word. And this was after weeks, you know. And the Holy Spirit arrested me and just stopped me literally in my tracks. My legs started to shake and I fell to my knees. And He said, be quiet. Melody, be still and know me. Know me in this. See, you can't, faith doesn't work uh, if, you, if you don't know what the Word of God says. <laughs> Amen? Because faith comes by hearing the Word. Amen? Amen? But I had gone to Bible school, I had been a, a youth pastor's wife, an associate pastor's wife, and I had the Word of God in me. So I was, without realizing it, I, I kind of got into trying to create a formula for my healing. And there in the, on the floor, he said, who are you trying to convince? Not me. Melody, you don't have to work so hard. at get something that I've already provided for you know me in this. And there on my knees, I just started to worship Him and love on Him and praise Him and talk to Him. Not about my healing. Just talk to Him. And His presence just saturated that office And I realized that I was quoting the Word without allowing the Word to walk with me in this. Isn't that something? You know, it's kind of like Peter. You know, he got out of the boat and he walked on water. You know, he said, Lord, if if that is you, bid me to come. He said, come. And so he got out. Well, a lot of us, you know, we take that step out in faith on the water. But what happened? The moment he got his eyes off of Jesus, he started to sink. But that's what I did. Because what happens is we get in the middle of something in our life like this. And we, we start to look at it. And while we're looking at it, we're saying, Lord, help me, help me, help me, Lord, help me. He says, look here, look here. And so that day on the office, I sought his face, not his hand, not what he could give me, not what he could do for me, his face. And that became the strength and the pillar of me seeing the manifestation of my healing come. But you know what? Even after that day, the test kept coming back worse, kept looking worse. I refused to look at the waves. You have to refuse you have to refuse not to listen to the lightning and the thunder and the and the waves and the wind and the you know and sit there and look at it and go oh do you know how much ocean is under my feet right now but we do that in everyday life don't we all we have to do is look at him amen and i believe that this is is actually The foundation of this last mighty move of God is God drawing people back into that intimate relationship with Him. Because that's where faith should work from. Because faith works by love. And He is love. And if you don't know Him, I didn't say if you don't know about Him, I said if you don't know Him, intimately. How can you walk in that love? Amen? Well, I just did everything I said I wasn't going to do. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, it got worse, you know, and all that. And um, finally, it was a Sunday afternoon. It had been uh, close to six months. And my um, Middle child, my oldest son, my middle child, Preston, he was going on a missions trip with the children's department of the church and to Mexico. And so he asked me, he came in and he asked me at that time, he was 10 years old, he said, Mama, help me pack. And I was so exhausted and fatigued. The life was just zapped out of me. And, um, And so I I went in and I sat down on the bottom bunk, and I kind of, real quick, like mamas do, came up with something that would kind of make him feel like I was helping him pack when I really wasn't. I opened up the suitcase and I said, "Okay, baby, hand me your blue shorts, hand me your white shorts, hand me," you know, he did all the packing. (laughs) I knew something was terribly wrong. When he flipped over that thing, the the top of his suitcase, and I bent over and grabbed a hold of the zipper just to to pull that zipper around the suitcase, and you would have thought you'd ask me to pull 2,000 pounds to the point where it shook me. And so I, I don't even remember how I got there, but I went into the bedroom, and and I told Ken I wasn't going to be able to go to church. And so you wanted to make sure I was going to be okay by myself. And I said, yeah. And so I, I, um, they were all busy getting ready to go. And so I was in the room by myself. And I, I was sitting on the side of the bed. And I just fell across it sideways, across the bed. And. Um, Instead of saying, oh, I feel so bad. (laughs) I closed my eyes and I said, Jesus, I love you. I love you. You are truly everything to me. There's nothing in life without you. And I worshipped him because it had become my, my lifestyle. His, my relationship with him was number one. And so it was just automatic to just talk to him. And I started to sing and I sang to him and it was an old song. You probably heard it. And I just sang, Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. And his presence just filled the room. And in an audible voice, I heard Melody get up. I have an appointment with you. I opened my eyes in a response. Of course, I didn't see anyone, but I knew who it was. I knew it was Jesus because I had been walking closely with him. And somehow I just knew, you know, in here, that this appointment for some reason, was at church. Yeah, we have divine appointments with God a lot, and and I hate to say I've probably missed quite a few. You know, but let me tell you, in these last days, you don't want to miss a divine appointment with God. You want to be so sensitive to be at the right place. At the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. Amen. Amen. And so I got up and I started getting ready. And um, and Ken came in the bathroom and, of course, he asked me, what, Babe, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to church. He said, No, you don't need to. I'm going to church. <laughs> He's like, Okay. And we go and... Um, and I, the thing about it is still physically I didn't feel any better. I could barely walk. And he, he had his arm under my arm and he literally practically, I mean, he was walking me into the congregation, you know, into the sanctuary. And this church uh, sanctuary held about 700 people and um, It was deeper than it is wide, so it was kind of back there. And we had to sit about four rows from the back just because I couldn't make it any farther. And I started to sit down. You know, that would be a normal reaction, right? When you can't hardly walk. And then I thought, you know what? Healed people stand up to worship God. And I'm healed. And I have an appointment with Jesus. (laughs) So I held on to the chair in front of me. They were chairs just like yours here. They lock at the seats. And um, church had actually already started because they were late getting the kids off for the trip. So when we walked in, the there was already an awesome presence of God in the, in the church, in the sanctuary, and um, music was going, the, the worship singers were singing. And, um, and my pastor's name is Pastor Mark. <laughs> and, um, and he knew God wanted to do something, so he's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just waiting. And so he was just walking back and forth. You know he calls it "Circle in the airport, trying to find out where to land. you know <laughs> and uh, we were back in this back section, the very far section, and he stopped right about at the where the aisle is. He just stopped and looked back towards us. He explained it later that. The reason he did that is because it was like the Holy Spirit zoomed in on our faces. And that's all he could see. And I don't even know what caused me to open my eyes other than the Holy Spirit. And I opened my eyes and I saw this haze in the room. The glory of God, it filled the place. And as I looked his direction, we hit the floor. Nobody said anything. He just kind (laughs) of went. Nobody touched us. It was me and my husband, Ken, and then my youngest son, Brandon, was eight. And when I said we hit the floor, we literally went sideways like this. And remember when I said I was holding on to the chairs? Um, I took the row with me. (laughs) And probably like what would happen here is all the ushers ran over there to make sure, you know, we didn't kill ourselves. And so they start scrambling to take these chairs off of us. And um, when we had fallen, we didn't fall limp. My knees never bent. I just went over sideways like a statue, taking those chairs. And it took two or three of them to pry the chair loose from my fingers. And when they finally got the chair loose, my fingers still did this. And as they got those chairs off, uh, Ken started kind of coming too. and my little boy came too. And they all kind of noticed all at once that my eyes were open, but they weren't open like they are right now. They were open, and as like nobody was home. You know what I mean? So, if you can picture it. (laughs) And my son was flicking his fingers in my face, and they were clapping, and they were doing everything they could to try to get me to blink. And and Ken checked to make sure I was still breathing. I don't remember any of that, of course. I didn't even know that I'd hit the floor. I didn't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. My body laid like that in the floor, on the floor for 45 minutes. But I was in heaven. I just, I instantly, I was there and Jesus was standing in front of me. And without even a thought, I just, I fell to my face. Jesus, 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 my Lord. Started to worship him. I was looking down. I was down on my face. Jesus. And he walked over, and I saw his feet. Feet with holes the size of a thumb. With light shining through them. And then he... He bent his hand down where I could see it right in front of my face. So said, give me your hand, Melody. There'll be plenty of time for that later. As I reached up and I took his hand, his life just bolted through me. And as I stood and I stood up and I looked into his face. I had absolutely no awareness of anything else. I didn't think of earth. (laughs) Because I don't know How to explain to you what it's like to see love wall to wall, head to toe. You don't just see the love, you see compassion. You know what compassion is? (laughs) It's not just that he can. It's not just that he's able. It's the want to. It's the deep down give my life for you. Want to. Compassion. And as I looked into his eyes, I, I realized that this is my identity. That I was home. I wasn't just in heaven. I'm of it. And he and, and me and And the very atmosphere was like all belonged. I didn't even realize how much I didn't belong on earth until that moment. We truly do not belong here. Our citizenship is not here. There's not reason if you Know Jesus as your personal Savior. There is absolutely no reason for you to fear what's happening in the world. None. Absolutely none. This has been just... stirring and stirring and stirring in me for a while now, you know, with all the elections and everything that's going on. And I grew up, you know, saying the Pledge of Allegiance in school, and I am from a very patriotic family, and as all of us, I love my country. So I'm not trying to offend anyone when I say in all reality, It's really not our country. It's just where we live. And we are to pray for our country. And we are to pray for our leaders. But this is not your citizenship. You are going to live here on this earth. The word of God says like a vapor of smoke. Is your time on earth compared to all eternity. It's amazing to me how the enemy has gotten in so sneakily, you know how he is? And he's twisted our thinking. And even Christians, we put so much into planning our time on earth. Like that's our life. And we are to occupy until he comes. We're not supposed to, you know, just float around. But you know what? We do so much occupying that we've forgotten who we really are. We've forgotten where our citizenship really is. Tonight, your citizenship is either in heaven or in hell. We need to become more eternity-minded. Eternity-minded. You know, when you become eternity-minded, you become heaven-minded. And you start evaluating things through heaven's eyes. You start seeing things the way heaven sees them. And you're not so shaken. Amen? Amen. As I stood there with Jesus, I don't even know how in in my vocabulary, because obviously it's very limited to heaven's. There's such an amazing understanding of things and um, there's no fear, no doubt, no miscommunication, no missing of information. It's just suddenly, you understand it. You know it. And in that moment, it was that, that spiritual revelation of, this is who I am. Looking into his eyes. Look into his eyes. This. He is my identity. He is my identity. Who I am in him. There isn't anything else but that. What I have in him. There isn't anything that surpasses that. And all of a sudden, it's like I could see it the way he sees it. See me the way he sees me. Yeah, we have, we really don't have any idea. what he really went through to purchase our eternity to purchase our righteousness so that we could stand in front of the Father at the throne worthy to be there As I looked in the holes in his hands, they're actually I, I understood immediately why some people say it's in his hands, and some people say that the hole's in his wrist. It's actually right here in the real meaty part of the very bottom of the hand. And it's a hole. But it's beautiful. Because you don't just look at it and see a hole. You look at it, you look at it and you see the sacrifice, the obedience to his father, the love for us. You look at it and you see, I'm not just saved, I'm whole, I'm healed. I have authority. I have peace, I have protection, I have provision. Everything that we need You know, he said, come with me, Melody. And so we went on a walk. When we started to walk and we stepped on the grass, the grass, it's like one blade of grass in heaven. is like 20 or 30 blades of grass here. And when you step on it and you lift your foot, it just bounces right back up. Because nothing can be crushed in heaven. I don't know how to explain to you the... You know, you're not just looking at grass. You're not just looking at trees. You're not, there's life in everything. Because the life of God is there. And there's no death. And there's life in everything. Everything. I mean, sometimes I look at the trees... Here and I have to remind myself they're alive. <laughs> you know? I, we were walking and I heard this beautiful, just this music. And there's music all the time, praise. But I heard this beautiful music. And I looked, at, I looked at Jesus and he smiled. It's like the more we walked, the louder it got. And I realized it's because the closer he got. And it was these flowers, beautiful flowers, just like a blanket of them. in colors and hues that I can't even describe it. You know those little toys that we use, the kaleidoscopes, when you move them and, and the shapes change and the colors change? That's what the flowers, that's what the colors do in the petals of the flowers. Life, it's just everything is just moving. But I realized, I looked down at the flowers and the, the noise I heard was music. And the petals would rub up against each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is and was and is to come. And the trees, the branches on the trees, they just, they move and they make this like, it's just like a sound of of an instrument I've never heard before. And, uh, we walked and we came up, we came up on the river, on this river. We walked for a long time alongside this river. And, um, so beautiful. The water is like, iridescent. And, um, Light bounces off of it, you know. Again, that life that I was talking about—it's like it's living. It's and we we were walking, and he was talking to me about different things, and and we came up alongside this, like a bank, like a almost like a beach with this real soft sand. And he's holding my hand. And we walked up to the water. And the water came up on my toes. And I just. It was just a reaction. I just laughed. (laughs) This joy just. And he said go on in. And I went in. I waded in. And the more the water came up. it it, like it just kind of took me. And it's not really swimming. It just kind of took me. I just kind of floated in this water. And the more that I was in it, it's like joy just started to flood, 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 flood. Just started to build and build and build until I thought I can even I can't. Oh and I jumped up out of the water and just shouted and laughed. And the next thing I know is he is standing on the side and he's <laughs> He was laughing with me. He's so real. And I, I, I got, I started to, he said, come, and so. I started coming out of the water and I realized instantly the moment that I I wasn't in the water I was dry I don't even know if I was ever wet <laughs> I, I'm just trying to explain it the best way I know and um, I saw we saw people and animals and lots of animals. There was this one time where we were walking and this lion just comes up and just walks beside me. And then walks off. And uh, people and um, I saw Paul and Esther and John and Ruth. I saw a lot of people. I got to talk to some of them. I don't have time for all of that. That's all in my book. But, um, Jesus said, Melody, I want to show you something. And so, you know, sometimes we walked places and then sometimes we were just all of a sudden somewhere. And um, And this was one of those times where we were just all of a sudden somewhere else. And there's this big open field. And all of a sudden, these two angels show up. Incredible creatures. Nine feet tall. Just... They radiate royalty. And authority and might and uh, they were up in the air, and they had these they had uh, this little like a trumpet kind of thing, and it was on this gold these gold cords, and so they both at the same time lifted up the trumpet and blew the trumpet and the Ground underneath my feet started to shake. And I looked at Jesus and he smiled. He said, Watch. And he pointed over the hill. And here came the most magnificent looking white horse I had ever seen. Huge and Light just shined all around him. It, it almost, light was like a prison, prism, you know. The light was kind of flickering through his mane. It almost looked like a rainbow, but it wasn't. And he stopped, and he cantered in place. And then, I realized the rumbling had not stopped. And here they came, hundreds, thousands, millions beyond what I could see, horses. And they stopped behind this one big horse. And then all at the same time, they went down on their knees and bowed their head. And then the angels blew their horn, and they got up, and they just went off. And then Jesus took me to this place where it was this body of water. And um, it, it wasn't attached to the river. The river just flows through and, and, it, and it goes all the way up into the city and through the throne and back around the other. It just keeps going. This was a body of water that he took me to that was self-sustaining. It was all by itself. It almost, would look, it almost looked like a lake or you know something like that, but it was crystal clear. And right above it were these it almost is just this dancing light, you know, kind of like the northern lights, which you would think, you know, um, but way bigger and way prettier. And, they, and there was this hum coming from a hum. And Jesus took my hand and he squeezed my hand and he said, Come here, you got to see this. And we walked up. There were angels all around. And uh, they had these gold-like vase-looking things in their hands. And they were coming and they were going and coming and going. There was all this activity. And they would pour out of these vases they had into this body of water. And um, then they would leave. And then... And Jesus said, listen. And at that moment, it's like I could, I could just hear the, what the hum was. And I heard it in several voices in different languages, but I understood them all. Lord, send revival. Send the rain. Send the latter rain. Lord, send us revival. And Jesus said, "This is where every prayer, every cry, every song, every word that is spoken, asking me for a revival, this is where it comes. And I looked at the end of it and he said, look. And there's this big, like this is the thickness of it, like a, almost like a dam at the end of it. And it looked like a big, huge diamond. He said, I'm about to let it go. And when it hits the earth where the Holy Spirit is, there'll be a harvest like you've never seen. And before that he'd actually taken me into this like big temple in the city. And it was just walls and walls of these gold vials. And the angels were coming and going. There's lots of angels. And that's he told me those were the prayers of the saints. The thing about it is he doesn't just, he didn't just say, these are the prayers of the Christians. These are the prayers. He cherishes them. Cherishes them. We when we walked out of that structure and we came down these big steps and we started to walk on the street of gold. And right above the street is this it's like a dust that is swirling and just hovering over it. And it's gold. And he stopped, and he bent down, and he scooped some up, and it just poured from his fingers. He said, Melody, my people live way below their means. But then he took me and sat me down and talked about it. And I can't go into all of it. But he explained that everything that he has, everything that I saw in heaven, everything that is his is mine. But the way to tap into it is to see the reason for it like he does. Because it's not to give me a big, huge house and a really fancy car. Although that's not bad. But if that's why you're seeking it, you're seeking it for the wrong reason. Because in these last days, he explained that the financial structure of the world is going to fold. Stock markets are going to crash. And we have to be hooked up with His kingdom. He wants us to hook up. Out of His love, you got to understand, everything He said was so full, full of love. He doesn't want us To have to worry, lack, go without. Have to depend on what's going on around us in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen? But in order for... Now follow me on this one. In order for us to see that great harvest that we've never seen. We the church... We have to wake up to who we are. We're not citizens of the earth. We're citizens of the Most High God. And the very same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And you should walk in such power and authority knowing that. That sickness can't stay on your body. How dare it? Poverty cannot stay in your bank and account. But here's, here's the thing. It's not for just for you. Because see, the more that you get a reality of heaven... The more you tap into the things of heaven. Then you see them the way heaven sees them. And we have to have income to finance the gospel. When the natural disasters continue to hit, and they will. He opened this portal and he showed me it. Massive, massive natural disasters. I saw New York. I, I saw the tsunami. You have to understand, this was eight years ago. Floods where there's not floods, and hurricanes where there's not hurricanes, and uh, storms that you don't even know what to call them. Fires. And, but listen, God so loved the world that he... Gave, And he has come to give us life and more abundantly. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God's not doing this stuff. Okay? So if we're hooked up with him, if if we've got ourselves hooked up into the power source of heaven, we don't have to worry about what's going on. Amen? But I hope you're hearing everything that I'm saying. Because, see, you have to have that intimate relationship with him every day so that you're sensitive to his voice, so that you're at the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing, getting the right results. Amen? And you'll be provided for and you'll be blessed as long as you're hooking up to what He is, who you are in Him, what He has, and what it's for. Because what's going to happen when these natural disasters hit, continue to hit, in Florida and um, Texas and California and And all of a sudden there's a shortage in food because they can't transport it. But his people, which is you, you've humbled yourselves and prayed. And you've sought his face and not his hand anymore. And he's healed your land. your land is anything you have. Anything that's attached to you. So when these things happen, all of a sudden the Christians who before, let's just be honest, the world looked over the fence at us and said, why do I want that? But now, God's raising up his people. He's waking them up. And he's drawing them close to him, And he's imparting heaven-mindedness into his people. Heaven-mindedness. See, I know beyond of a shadow of a doubt that I could have gotten the manifestation of my healing laying across my bed in my bedroom. I know that he did not take me to heaven to just give me the manifestation of my healing. He didn't show me heaven and send me back for me to stand here and tell you about how beautiful and glorious and wonderful it is so that you can um, just be excited that in the sweet by and by one day, you're going there. We are... To walk with heaven on earth. We are to resemble him. We are to be carbon copies of Christ. We are to walk with the very same spirit that raised him from the dead. And when we see somebody in a wheelchair, we walk over. And we know the minute we touch them, they get up. Because all of a sudden we're not buying into the lies that the poverty and the sickness and the disease and all these other distractions, family things, marital things, um, you know, you're losing your house, losing your car, your children going and doing, you know, crying at night. You're crying at night and praying and praying. Listen. Can I just be bold for a minute? I am one of the biggest criers in the world. I just honestly. But I'm just going to be bold and say, Get up and declare in the name of Jesus. I speak peace into my children peace into my marriage, peace into my home. I plead the blood of Jesus over my household, over my home, over my vehicles, over my banking account, over my job, over everything that has to do with me. I plead the blood of Jesus on my body. And Satan, you have to let go and you have to go. And I curse every sickness and disease. Listen, listen. The time How do I say this? There's a shift happening. And this great move of God that's about to hit the earth, that has already started hitting the earth, that is hitting the earth now, is not going to happen just through the fivefold ministry going to happen because you do what I was just saying. Because what, you know, everywhere I go, I say, you know, what's wrong today is the body of Christ is asleep and lethargic and everybody shakes their head. (laughs) They know it, but they don't know how they got there and they don't know how to get out. And what has happened is, in the moment I found out I had cancer, guess what? All of my attention went to that cancer. All of my attention went to getting that, my healing. The Bible says, do not be deceived, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices, of his strategies. That was nothing but a distraction in my life. This mountain that you have in your life, it's a distraction. The way the church has become lethargic and asleep is because they became self-absorbed. Yes. Not on purpose. Not because they're bad. But because this distraction hits your life and all of a sudden, you're not looking at your neighbor or the person you work with or the banker you're not being a witness. You can barely keep your nose up the water on yourself. You know? Right? So we, the church, need to hear the cry of the Spirit of God. Wake up, O oh church, from your sleep. Wake up. See the distractions as they are. See what they are. Realize what they are and make them leave. Stand up in the authority that you've been given as a child of God. And make them go and become a healing, I mean a walking, healing, provision, authority, peace, Christian, So that all of a sudden, the world starts noticing you. And your life's blessed. And you're not worried when everything's falling apart. And for some reason, you're not lacking. And they go, what's up with you? And all of a sudden, you have something they want. How many of you, I want to ask a question, how many of you feel like you have the ability to get two people born again in one year? How many of you have this year? 2012. A lot of hands went down. Do you know what would happen to just this city if everybody that raised their hand that said that they could get just two people born again in a year went and did it? And then you discipled those people and how to do the same thing. You'd need a building ten times as big. You know what? That's the plan of God. That's the plan of God. Because, folks, people are getting scared. They're getting worried. I mean, I'm an interior designer by trade. I don't do it anymore. But there's this one guy that I have to decorate his house every Christmas or he'll just, you know. So he called me up the other day. and, And he owns this business. And he's about as heathen as a heathen can get. And I, I have, you know, I've, I've been talking to him and talking to him. And he called me up, and, or he texted me, and he said, oh, Lord, I just realized this was being recorded. Um, <laughs> he said, um, he texted me, he said, hey, I want to get started early this year. you got to see what we're doing with our lights. We, we upped our lights. He does this big display in the front yard that goes with Christmas music. All the lights flash." It's like each year he has to outdo what he did before. And, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't envy that because I know that's his joy. Isn't that sad? It's the only place he can find joy. And so when he texted me and said, Hey, Melly, I want to get started early this year. Come over. I want to up the budget. And so I said, Okay. And on the way over there, I said, "God, I want Doug in the kingdom this year." And so, um, you know, he—long story short—we're we over there and we were talking, and he's telling me about you know what he wants to do and this and that. And he hands me the money; he just hands it to me and says, "Go shopping, come back and put it up." And and he and I said, "Well, you know." Um, I can go shopping and get it all, but I can't put it up until I get back because I'm, I'm going on a trip. He goes, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to Idaho, and um, I'm, I'm going to preach. He said, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been following you on Facebook. And uh, I said, you have? He goes, yeah. He said, "Um." you know, I think the end, the world's about to end. I said, yeah, yeah, Doug, I think you're right. He said, well, he said, "Uh, when you get back, can we talk about that? I said, sure. And he said, uh, by the way, if you'll give me some information on what you do, he said, I need a tax write off. <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I shared that. As an example, this should be happening in everybody's life in this room. You know what I mean? Because, see, um, just like the Lord showed me the, the destruction that was coming the natural disasters and uh, acts of violence and acts of terror that make 9-11 look like a picnic in the park. He also showed me the church. The body of Christ all of a sudden doing like what I've been talking about. What, What if half of the people in this room walked out of here tonight and said, I'm going to go find one person to lay hands on, one person. And Satan, I absolutely refuse for you to rule what I do by keeping sickness on my body anymore or lack or anything else. And the more he fights, the more people you talk to. Finally, he's going to figure it out that it's really expensive for him to keep messing with you. (laughs) But what if half the people, half of you, just went and found one person to impart that spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead into someone else's life? The compassion of God that created those holes in his hands and in his feet. Don't you think it's time, church? Don't you think it's time for us not to be self-absorbed anymore? Don't let him do that anymore. Don't let the enemy do that anymore. Jesus took me and he he said, come sit down with me, Melody. We sat on this rock and he said, do you remember when you got engaged with Ken? And I said, yes. He said, remember that planner you had that was white with pink flowers on on the front? Isn't that amazing that he remembers something like that? He said, Melody, you you used that book to stay on track in planning for your wedding so that by the time you got to that day, there was nothing that wasn't covered. And, and you wrote down your appointments that you had with the caterer, the cake decorator, the florist, the photographer, and you circled it real big. And it, you were excited about the appointments you were excited about them and even though you had everyday life that day and that man was your pri- became your priority i said yes lord i remember and all of a sudden he looked at me and the smile was gone he said I I'm preparing for a day and my church is not I'm not their priority as they are mine and they miss appointments every day I realized that in that moment, sitting there in front of Jesus Christ himself, everything becomes very open and and transparent and real. And you see things. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And sitting there, I thought, how? How could I ever think that anything on earth is worth being more important than this? A charge to you tonight. Just ask yourself where you are. Where are you in, in, in everything I've said? Locate yourself. And as the Holy Spirit's moving on you, yield to Him. Yield to Him. Whether it's uh, somebody with, there's somebody that has struggled with an addiction. And the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make him first tonight. That thing's gonna break. It's breaking off of you, right now. There's a vertebrae, uh, a neck. Looks like there's like it almost was welded together. being recreated back to the way it was supposed to be. You know that he can literally remove pins from your body? Now listen, that what he's, what he's doing right now in your life, don't forget why he's doing this right now. He loves you. He's already provided all this for you. But there is a, a, a freeing anointing. Does that make sense? Just, I don't care if you come up here, if you sit in your chair, if you get down on your knees. But church, we need to make a fresh commitment to God tonight. To be that body of Christ. Soul winning, bond breaking, devil destroying <laughs> body of Christ. Amen. Amen. God wants this city, and the way He's going to get this city is through you. You well know, uh, Pastor Mark asked me earlier in the car tonight. He said, have you ever, and I don't know, hopefully I'll put it the way he put it, but um, have you experienced heaven? Is that what you said? Have you experienced the atmosphere of heaven on earth? And I have. I, I purposely tap into it. And um, it's been when I was, you know, alone, and and sometimes it was like I was writing the book, and I'm so it's like I'm there. I, I feel like I'm just gonna leave. Like I could just step and just go. When I said that you need to become heaven-minded, I hope you hear what I'm really saying. Because you need to become aware of the things of heaven that are available to you here on earth. Angels, an increase in activity, of in angelic activity. And the thing is, when I saw the angel and, and how magnificent and just Powerful he looked. The Lord said, He serves you. He serves you. We, let's, let's purposely start tapping into the supernatural, the real supernatural. Let's bring heaven on earth. We can only do that. You can't. Here's what's happened is the church in a a whole has, they're excited about this move of God that's coming. And so they come in in into church and they sit and they listen to the pastor and they listen to him talking and and the pastors are imparting a vision and desire into the church. And um, then they leave and do nothing. And then they come back and, And they wonder when this move of God's going to come. Well, where, where is the results? Where's the results? In you? In you? I didn't finish what I was saying a while ago. When God showed me um, all those distractions and things, and then all of a sudden He showed me the church. And He showed me the church going out and doing what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden, the glory of God comes into a building so heavy that you can't even walk in or out of the door. And I saw these, I saw buildings that I knew were churches and lines and lines and lines of ambulances where the, the policemen, the city, had to block off roads and people were walking miles because that's how far they had to park. And they just had people in stretchers lined out coming through side doors. Just nobody even touching them. Just coming through the glory and walking out. So it is true. We have two pictures and and they're going to happen. The world is looking pretty bad and it's going to keep getting looking bad. You know, I'm not trying to be negative. But the church, oh, the church, glorious church. And you can either choose to be part of it or miss out. And there's so much other stuff I could share, but this is the direction that the Holy Spirit wanted me to go in. Did it bless you tonight? Yes. Say, Melody, I want to go. I want to know. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? Um, with the things that are about to, to happen in this earth, that are already happening. We have to be bold Christians. Amen. And so we can't hide who we are. and uh, And the Bible says that if we'll if we'll uh, be open in front of other people about choosing Him, then He blesses us. Amen. So if that was you, if you if you raised your hand and you said, "Melody," then come up here. Don't be shy because everybody in this room is rooting for you, praying for you, happy for you. Just come up here. I want to, I want to pray with you. I want to share something really quick. We were, when, um, when I was in heaven and I was walking with Jesus, all of a sudden there was this eruption and these trumpets and, and the angels shouted and Jesus standing right there with me. He just said, Ah! Ah! <laughs> he said, another one just entered the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that just happened to you. That just happened in heaven. That just happened. We need to shout with them. Hallelujah.
1: Glory to God.
0: (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, everybody, stand up. Now only do this if you mean it. Okay? Because heaven hears you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? If you could only know what's happening in the spirit realm right now. <laughs> glory to God. Raise your hands and talk to him when you say this. Talk to him. Don't, don't just be copying me. Father. Father. Here I am. I don't want to be self-absorbed anymore. I I refuse to accept distractions in my life. I I make a decision and a choice choice. to stand in my authority authority. and and to resist the devil and to not just be free in my own life, but to set others free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I curse every sickness and disease that's in this room. Right now, in the name of Jesus, You have to fall off as they have made their declaration to the Lord. Sickness and disease, you must die. You are served right now in the name of Jesus. Cancer, you must die in the name of Jesus. Every dead cell must come to life right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every blood disorder has to come in line right now in the name of Jesus. Every blood sugar disorder has to come in line right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Feet, feet, the pain in the heels must go right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God tendinitis must go right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus barren womb have life now in jesus name (laughs) oh hallelujah baby we call you forth in jesus name hallelujah healthy pregnancy healthy delivery supernatural in the name of jesus Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the army that you're rising, raising up in this church for this city. I thank you, Father, for the impartations that you've placed into their life tonight about heaven, about having heaven in their life, heaven in their minds, heaven in their heart, heaven in their walk, heaven in their talk. And I thank you, Father God, that this is a heaven-minded church heaven activated church. Glory to God. I thank you for the fire of God resting and and burning here constantly for the glory of God to rest on this place in the name of Jesus. I, I declare and I decree sustainable revival in this city in the name of Jesus miracles 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 in the name of jesus oh thank you father i thank you father god that you had that you um lift up hold up strengthen and give them the grace pastor mark and his wife glory to god i thank you father hallelujah i thank you lord the grace the grace (laughs) oh the grace right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus for the vision. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah any weariness, any, any impatientness that's been trying to sneak up saying, when, when, when am I going to see this vision that's been burning in my heart, burning in my heart. Oh, I just fan that flame even more in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, father God, that the vision is coming to pass in Jesus name. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Well,
1: glory. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done. Amen. Amen.
1: (laughs) Don't go too far away, though. uh, You're good for a moment. I want to ask you one more thing. Share real briefly about how when people come to heaven, that they come to different places. Okay. I don't know if I could ask the question accurately, but you were sharing, probably in your book, but... That's not out yet, and so I okay. are you know, only here one night. We, i got to milk a little bit of this. Okay. Some came by the gate and some went other uh-huh. places. Yeah.
0: They, okay, everybody comes through the gate, okay. um, but some gain instant access into the throne, and some do not. Um, there, there are gowns of salvation, but then there's robes of righteousness. And not everyone had the robes on. And um, the people that were just inside the gate, there's um, a tree there, and it has um, this incredible fruit growing from it. But the people that are just inside the gate that are there, and um, the Lord said those are the people that um, heard about Jesus over and over and over and over again and just accepted him right before they died. And... And then there there are those that are in the throne room that, um, you know, it's not, it's really important that I've had to explain this because some people get the wrong idea and they think it has to do with works, and nothing in heaven has anything to do with works. But, you know, your calling, you could be called to be a prophet and you might not make it to the throne room because it has nothing to do with your calling, it has to do with what. Uh, how closely you walked with God and how you walked in the love of God. Everything in heaven has to do with the love of God. Everything. And so there were different levels. There's different levels of heaven. And the throne is and the main city is up high. And so the people that came into heaven, just inside the gate, um, they would eat a fruit. The fruit would have to give them strength and sustain them. And, um, and then they, they, there's learning in heaven. There's learning. And so they would continue to learn. And as they learn and they grow, then they get closer and closer. But um, not everyone um, makes it straight into the throne room. You know, Paul has his place close up to the throne of Jesus. Um, where, you know, someone that uh, didn't walk that closely with God doesn't yet. Does that make sense? Is that what you wanted me to share? Yeah,
1: and there were other places. I don't know if it's too long of a story about that (laughs) the great cloud of witnesses.
0: Yeah, that's a long
1: one. Is that a long one?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you want me to share it anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you can give
1: the condensed I can. Yeah. And I can just say, hurry up if you're taking to it. Oh, I'm just kidding.
0: Well, you asked me up here. Well, yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> I got time. If you guys have time. I... Um,
0: you the got great, time? Yes, I have time. Um, the great cloud of witnesses, there was this place that um, actually Jesus took me through heaven backwards. I didn't know it until it was over. And um, the great cloud of witnesses was um, just outside the gate. And it's this big, beautiful hall. It's a beautiful place. I didn't know what it was at first. And um, my angel took me through there. And I actually um, recognized one man that walked up to me. He knew who I was. And, um, you know, it was right after I asked the angel, I said, Who were these people? And he said, These are the great cloud of witnesses. And so then when this man steps down and he steps into the walkway there and, and greets me, I was shocked um, that he was in the great cloud of witnesses. Because the angel had just gotten done telling me that these are the least in heaven. And um, this was a minister, actually, that you would recognize if I said his name. And, um, but he told me that he was there He was actually very grateful to be there, um, very honored to be there, because he got to um, root on and pray for those that were um, in the ministry. But he told me that he was there because he did not walk in the love of God and that he, um, because he had put so much effort into building his ministry and um, building his own ministry And not the kingdom. And and he went further to say that he had, you know, he'd actually, God had given him a young man to mentor. And the young man got on his nerves and he told him to leave um, because he was going to ruin his ministry. And he aborted uh, something God had told him to do. And so, and again, you have to understand it's it's not works, it's a love of God. It's the love of God. It, everything had to do with the love of God. Everything. Everything in heaven had to do with um, his love and how we walked with him and loved him. And, um, well, his word says that, you know, if you, loved, if you say you love him but you don't love your brother, then you're lying. Right? And so this all shocked me. Um, the good news is, everyone learns grows because the mercy of God is so incredible and they move on in heaven Um, but what I love so much was that they're the people in the great cloud of witnesses they even though it's considered the least in heaven in heaven there's almost like how can you be least you know what I mean it's like you're in heaven, <laughs> you know, and, um, and they're, they're so aware of the mercy of God because they, in the light of heaven, like I was saying earlier, when you stand in the light of heaven and there's no um, sin and no nothing that is of the enemy, you see things. Um, I, I can almost understand what the judgment's going to be like because you see things in the light of God. You see them through his eyes. And so they see who they were, they see what they did, and they're so grateful for his love and his mercy. And now they, um, their position in heaven is to be able, they can basically be able to pray and bless and, and root for those that were in their same position. Is that good?
1: Yeah. And there, was there, was, was there like millions of people there?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I'm just recalling different things you described. I'm sure you think of different things. There was time. actually
0: more people in the great cloud of witness hall than there was anywhere else in heaven.
1: I don't know about you, but that, that has stuck with me since August when you, when you shared that. And I shared it with mm-hmm. a friend. And he called me today and said, I've still been thinking about that ever since you told me. <laughs> Uh, another person in ministry, because what you shared, there was not only this individual, but number of people there, if mm-hmm. I recall. Yes, yes. They may have won many people to the Lord. Right. Did great things for the Lord on the earth, mm-hmm. but it had to do with their love walk and their love life and, mm-hmm. and those type of things that, even though that's a great place and the glory is there, and, but when I hear that, I don't want to go there. No. <laughs> 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 I want to go further. Does that... I don't,
0: well, one of the things that, one of the things I love also that you need to know is that um, in the throne room, um, Jesus' throne is, the throne of God is high, and Jesus, it's almost like their throne is one, but not. I don't know how to explain that. Um, but then there's many, 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 many thrones that come down and go all the way around, and the moment that someone's born again, there's a throne with your name on it, and um, have you heard? And the train filled the temple. Yes. Um, well, the train is again a bride um, type term, and and uh, basically the Lord told me this is the train fills my temple. And um, so, but there were many thrones that were still empty, and I don't want mine to sit there empty when I get there. <laughs> I want to be there.
1: And right while you're talking about thrones, tell about Paul's throne.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They're not going to want to have to. They don't even need to buy the book.
1: Oh, yeah, there's lots of other stuff, huh?
0: <laughs> no, there is. There's a lot of stuff. Um, Paul's throne was actually very, very close to Jesus' throne. And it was um, very adorned and beautiful and just incredible. I actually got to talk to him. And... Um, And I I asked Jesus, I said, why is his so, you know, so um, adorned and had jewels all over it? And um, he said, because he considered himself the least. And that has changed my life. Um, And then when he spoke to me, and he said, you know, when you truly are um, ready to give your life up... um, And you know that you're the least in the in the kingdom, and you know what I mean when when he said that. Do you know what? In other words, um, you know, a lot of people. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) A lot, a lot. You know, um, it it gets kind of iffy. You know, it gets. I don't want people to get the wrong idea because we're made in the image of Christ. You know, we're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. But the moment that haughtiness or Pride, or you know, we think we know a lot, and we know a lot of the word, and we know, you know, Paul. Um, when you when you read about Paul, he thought he was something when he first got born again, and then in the end, he said, "I am, I am nothing, um, except for in God in Christ." And so we get it backwards a lot, and he didn't, and he has a really pretty throne.
1: <laughs> Masculine at all. Huh? Masculine at all or just pretty? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, it was masculine too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good. Good. Is that all? Well, probably not, but that's probably sufficient for now. Okay. Any timeline on that book being finished?
0: We're really um, just needing the money to get it published. Okay. So.
1: Well, well, we'll contribute towards that tonight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> help that to get out. And uh, praise God. Okay. Thank you very much. Amen. Bless Bless you.